I mean, you're 100% raw and authentic. Let's get it. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and um, start with this introduction. We're going to go from there, all right? Let's get it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the Landover Legend, a.k.a. Big T, and this is another installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. I would like to first say that, you know, 80% of the people that tune into my channel, they aren't subscribed. So, you know, real quick before I get into anything, why don't you go ahead hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, hit that like button if you if you do so kindly, please. And, uh, you know, drop a comment and let me know what you think about my comments so far and this one right here. But I'm gonna go ahead and get into the introduction of my next guest. Um, this brother right here, we met, uh, through a, a mutual friend of ours uh, via Instagram on the live. And I was really, you know, tuned into what he was saying and hearing his perspective on the world and about men and things of that nature. Um, I want to first uh, thank him for his service in the military. Um, he's a father out here. He's a, he's an author. He's a wrestler. Uh, he's a motivational speaker. And um, he don't take no shit from nobody. And at the same time, he going he gonna to get you right if he think you ain't walking, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're one of his friends, man. I want y'all to give it up for my brother, Dewan O'Neill. <laughs> Don DeMarco. Nah, th- uh, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, always always good to, to come on and be able to have, like, a, a laid-back conversation with another uh, like-minded individual. So I, I definitely appreciate um, you giving me the opportunity and to use your platform to to you know, have have a conversation for the world. Absolutely right, man. You know, um, people they walk through life um, with blinders on, and they think that that's all it is. When all you gotta do is pick your head up and see what opportunities you got in front of, them. and don't just look at them and and think about it. You know, pick and choose. You know, make the mistake, correct the mistake, and then get it right the next time. And then now that someone showed you that, show somebody else and keep that, keep that going. You know, stop trying to uh, blame your past. You know, you're not, you're not uh, hindered by your legacy. You can create your own legend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, big facts, man. Um, that, that, that's one of the major, major like things that I live life by, right? Like you, like uh, people that are, are becoming familiar or I, I would call them my audience, like now, right? Who they they meet me and I'm I'm on top of like wrestling and this, that, and the third, man. But you didn't you didn't know me at, at 22, 23 years old, man. I was a I was a knucklehead out here. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was I was a uh, I was I was a you know a womanizer. Like I, I thought that I had it going on. I, I I was living life then like I am now. Like you know what I mean? Like I was living life then with the with the uh facade of what I am today. Like, I, I wasn't making the money. I wasn't as wise as I was, but you couldn't have told me that back then. You know what I'm saying? So, like, now that um, I've lived through that, and at some point or another, all of those lies and all those mistakes caught up with me, and it forced me to, like, straighten up and be the person that I, I that I tell people that I am. Okay. So, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to my audience and give them a little background on yourself? 
Um, I'm Dwan O'Neill. I am a, I mean, you pretty much did me justice in the intro. I'm a wrestler, motivational speaker, life coach, author, spoken word artist, uh, podcaster now, apparently. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's just, uh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of venues and I, I wear a lot of hats in life. Um, uh, you know, husband, father, you know, I'm, I, I wear a lot of hats, man. It's just, um, I am, I'm from Boston, which I, I believe to be the greatest city in the world. Um, I live in Virginia beach now, which is probably the third or fourth greatest city in the world. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe fifth this is it's like a distant fifth. Um, and I, I have a, uh, the unique perspective where at, my age of 34 years old, I've traveled the world and seen, you know, 25 different countries. I've had like a very unique perspective. That's what kind of lends itself to like all these different hats and avenues that I, that I wear. Okay. So when would you say that you reached a point where you, um, you just, you, you decided to put childish things away and become the man that you are today? Um, somewhere in between 25 and 28, <laughs> like somewhere in between there. Um, so like at, at 25 years old, I was, I was like deployed. You know what I mean? You, you're overseas, you're doing, you know, God knows what you're doing. God's work during the day and you're, you're playing even harder at night. And then, um, you, you come back to the States and you don't take advantage of a prime opportunity to like, you know, save money, stack, invest. And, I met a, a friend of mine who was like uh, 40 at the time. He was on his way out of the military and he came back and he, he paid off his car and put like a down payment on like an investment property. And it made me look at him like I'm going back to this apartment with like a bean bag and a futon in it. Like what, like I've, cl- I've clearly like fucked up somewhere. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, can, can I, can I curse on you? Yeah, you good. You good. Oh, right, cool. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I've clearly like messed up somewhere. So it's kind of like, uh, so I started like hanging around and emulating his ways, and his ways led to broader experiences. And all of a sudden, I'm in rooms with people that are a lot smarter than I am. And then I started to pick up books and I started to read. And that whole like transitional period, um, I just kept the momentum going. And, and thankfully, uh, to God, man, I haven't I haven't stopped yet. Have you heard the phrase um, "Your twenties off of fucking up"? your 30s off of getting your life together and your 40s when you start living yeah my father said that to me all the time like he he said that to me all the time and um even then because like and, and that's that's crazy too that's something you could put out to the universe where it's kind of like yo anybody that sees this and you know think that they're in a bad way in their life and they're they're still in their 20s you got time baby you got time mm-hmm. yeah i absolutely agree you know i did uh quote unquote some of my uh most savagery in my twenties, you know, and I'm in my thirties and you know, once you you deal with enough craziness, you know, girls trying to run you over in cars and stuff like that. Then wait, what? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, we we're not just gonna gloss over that though. Have you told that story on the show before? Nah, I, I haven't I haven't told that story on here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um basically what happened was um i was all right so you know how it is when you get out of a relationship and you know that 
because of that relationship. Now, this is not for all men, just some men. You know, you don't want to uh, go down that route for a while taking anything seriously. So, you know, you lay that out to the young lady. Hey, uh, this is me. This is all I'm offering. You can either take it or not. I'm going to keep it moving regardless to what you say, right? And she was she was okay with that. Um, and then I found out, like, she, she was like, that's cool, but all I want is you. And I was like, all right, cool. You tell me that, I'm going to believe you. In the back of my mind, I know better. She was only 24, 25 or whatever, right? So she's doing this whole, you know what I'm saying, I only talk to you thing and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever. At the end of the day, when I go home, I'm not stressing it, right? So I ended up... Hey, she, she was dropping breadcrumbs, though, bro. She, she was dropping breadcrumbs to, to uh, you know, lead into, like, hinting, dropping the hints is what you want. Like, even though you said that in the beginning, though, right? She was kind of like... She was kind of like, hey, you know, I only talk to you. I, you're the only person. She was dropping the breadcrumbs for sure. Red, red flag number one. Continue, please. <laughs> yes. So I, I knew what it was. I'm like, you, you, you young. You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to be tied down. You know? So I didn't, I didn't put as much effort in it like I would do any other relationship. And she, she knew that. And, but she still tried to play me like I was some type of simp or something. So I ended up meeting one of her friends and we was having a conversation and she slipped up about I guess her main dude or the dude she said she saw mostly or whatever so I was like okay so she she do got a main dude or whatever and I'm just like her side or whatever which is fine for me but don't lie to me you know what I'm saying like you grown you know what I'm saying Uh, you know keep it 100 I'm keeping it 100 with you so Word got out um, that apparently, I guess, her main dude went back to his ex, and then she was only down to me. So then she started hitting me with the, you know, what are, what are we? What are we? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, she was like, come on, boo. And I was, I was like, have you been to my house yet? She was like, No. Do I call you before 10 o'clock at night? She was like, no. Then what do you think this is? Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Wait, this this wait, this wait, how you put it to her, though? You put yeah. it to her like that? Yeah, I was, I was just speaking oh, facts. Oh, my goodness. I was speaking facts. Oh, my God. I was speaking Oh, my facts. God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, after that, we we having the conversation because I have this information about her being cut off. She don't know I do. And uh, I, I, I attract short females. So she was like five foot one, five foot two, something like that. So I'm sitting in her car and I'm talking and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, I think you got the wrong idea about what this is. I'm going to go ahead and head out. So she got like this uh, Nissan Ultima, right? She jumps out of the passenger seat and covers up the door handle and tells me I ain't going nowhere until we talk about this. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's literally blocking me from getting out of her car. It took me about, <laughs> it took me about 15 minutes to talk her down and just, you know, lie to her and tell her whatever she needed to hear for her to move, right? I was like, look, let's just go upstairs and talk. She was like, you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go upstairs and talk. I don't want to talk in the car. So when she unlocked the door, 
I start walking away. <laughs> so then, you know how you be walking by a car that's on and you can feel that air by your ankle? I, I felt that. And then I turned oh. around and she was coming towards me. So I'm running through the parking lot trying to get out. But it was one of those communities where, you know, you had to uh, have your car to go to the gate to get out. And I parked on the other side of the gate. So then security pulled up on me and was like, what's going on? I was like, man, she crazy. I was like, man, let me out the gate. She was like, no, nah, I don't let him out. He hit me. I was like, come on now. I was like, come on now. So after that, you know, I stopped, I stopped dating around, especially younger chicks. And, you know, I, I tried looking for more age-appropriate girls, you know. <laughs> Yo, I should not be laughing at this story, bro. But, like... <laughs> 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 yeah, there's nothing funny about like there's nothing funny about <laughs> there's nothing funny about like the the like toxic relationships like that, man. There's, like there's nothing funny about that, right? Like the, the scenario in itself, right? And like you probably got some listening up there, like, oh my god, how could he find this funny? But like, yo, as as you're saying this story, I'm I'm picturing like, all, like, all of the adjectives. I'm picturing this like happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> And like, you know, it's it's crazy because like all of the steps she took. It, so what, yo, so why didn't you just uh, why why didn't you just let her know that she was equipped with that information, and that like you knew what the deal was, and that um, like from that point on you wasn't you wasn't riding with her. Like what like what like what about like do you see like anything that you could have did better in that situation to make it play out differently? Yeah, I, you know, I could have been straight up with her and, you know, told her that, you know, I know that you're lying. I know how I know that you're lying. I know, you know, the situation that you were in and what you were telling me. But it's like, you know, she was, she, she seemed like she was at that point in her life where you couldn't tell her no more, no better. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, if I kept yeah. 100 with you and I show evidence of me keeping it 100 with you, there was no need for you to lie. So you thought that you knew better than, you know, what it was. So she wanted mm. to play. So I was like, all right, I'll play with you, you know? So there, there's times where you can you can sit back and you can try to explain gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, situation. <laughs> it, it seemed like I was going to be beating a dead horse. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Like, I, I can feel it. I don't know, man. I just feel like in that situation, like it, it would almost been better to be like, yo, because it's, it's, is, it's crazy when people's like emotions get involved, right? Like, because you never know what's gonna be the outcome, you know, at that point. And like the everything that you see on investigation discovery is definitely a real thing. <laughs> that show snapped and why and why is what knives, man. It all happened because like somebody, somebody was like. They, they emotionally like couldn't handle anything else anymore. So it was kind of like, I don't know, man, I try and steer clear of those waters and just like tell us, tell us straight up the way it is in all situations. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was lying to her. I mean, I told her in our initial meeting, you know, like uh, first few phone conversations, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I got an ex, I went through this and I'm not ready for anything serious. And this is all I can offer. And when you make that understanding, you would expect that 
it's not like it's not like I said anything and she didn't comprehend it because you know I went over it bit by bit. There was no no details left out. So, you know, for you to take that and and try to finish something <laughs> in your mind is just it's insane. Yeah, but that happens more, <clears throat> excuse me, that happens more, um, more commonly than like, I think society is willing to admit to, uh, where like two people get involved in, in whatever kind of situation it is, and they have an understanding um, in the very beginning, and then um, stuff switches, you know what I mean, like feelings get involved, the feelings become less involved, or, you know, a thought process changes or something like that, so um, I can kind of see like both sides of this road. Like I'm not saying like you deserve to be ran over in a car, but I can kind of see, especially like a, a younger lady's uh, like mindset. Man, they they like most young women that I've encountered like have this uh, this desire to change men and be like the the hero. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm different, so I can make him different. You know, I know we discussed this before, but if I want him and I showed him that I want him bad enough, then, you know, he'll he'll come my way. And then when it's when it doesn't work out that way, like there's 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 a huge problem. People show you who they are every day. Only thing you have to do is pay attention. You know, so uh, it's up to you to go with your gut and keep an eye on who you keep around you. So. No matter you know what facade they put on, their truth is going to seep out eventually. You just gotta pay attention and look for it. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that one hundred percent. You can only keep up with facade for so long. Exactly. So, you know, uh, you was telling me that you know you uh, you started to change over when you was in your late twenties, and you know uh, when did you uh, when did you get into uh, you know, I guess hardcore fitness and started wrestling and everything. Um, like I've always loved professional wrestling. So like I kinda like loved it. Uh I didn't I didn't really get into it until like later in life. You know what I mean? Like uh I think it was like twenty eight or twenty nine when I signed up like for the wrestling school. It just turned out to be really good. So I, I was able to take advantage of a lot of opportunities like early, you know, mm-hmm. because I've been watching it all my life. I kinda knew uh, you know, I don't want to say the insides of the business, but I kind of knew I had an idea of what was like what I was doing from watching like it on TV all this time. And then even when, as kids, we used to play wrestling <laughs> with our friends outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got the DX versus NWO wars, and you know what I'm saying. So um, I was at a bar one night actually, and uh, and um, the owner of this wrestling school saw me, and he was like, "Oh man, you got some size on you, like." You know, you ever thought about being a professional wrestler? And I was like, mm, you know, only every day of my life. Yeah, I mean, like, what does it have to do with anything? So I went down to the school, trained, turned out to be really good. He and I split ways due to uh, due to business. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't we couldn't come together on business. And ever since then, it's been it's been go 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 like merchandise and everything like that. And um, in terms of like. Uh, Fitness, it was like 2008, uh, my first deployment. I was young in the Navy, like up back in my own. And the only thing to do is like study for promotion and, and work out. It's the only thing it is to do when you're out to sea. So 
you're, you're looking at blue water. You can't go to McDonald's. No, no, there's no clubs, none of that shit. So you just work out, study, work out, study, sleep. Okay. So you said you went to about 25 different countries in your travel during uh, the climate? Yes, sir. Okay. What would you say was one of the Yeah, man. I got my first deploy. The nicest uh, in terms of scenery or the nicest in terms of experience? Yeah, like like a place you said, I got to get back here on my own, you know? Um, I'd say uh, Paris. They were um, we went to Paris, and you know all of the history with the French Revolution and everything. Like so, in in school, we're taught the American Revolution, but the French Revolution like followed. You know what I mean? And, and they they decapitated King Louis. You get to stand in that spot. You get to see like the Bastille, and when you hear about the storming of the Bastille, you get to walk through the uh, uh, the Louvre. The and of course the the I. Eiffel Tower, which actually has two restaurants on the inside of it, and a lot of people don't even know it. Okay. So yeah, in terms of like, yeah, in terms, of, yeah, in terms of places that I got to get back to is definitely, definitely Paris. Okay. So ever since uh, the lockdown happened, um, I'm assuming you've been in Virginia Beach. Uh, yeah, no, I've been, I've been, I've been working. Um, I've been <laughs> Florida, PA, Maryland, DC, uh, since the lockdown, man, the lockdown has actually been good to me. Like I, I shot, I shot a movie, um, you know, wrestled a couple shows, um, wrote an entire album, wrote a book. I'm in the middle of writing like book number two right now. Um, and I'm, I'm auditioning for like other roles. So the lockdown was actually good for me. It was able, I was able to sit down and and like clamp down and not only spend time with family, but like I was able to like get a lot of stuff done that I normally wouldn't have because I'd be outside doing other stuff. Okay. A lot of people, they look at it like um, I'm trapped in the house or, you know, I'm saying I'm stuck because of, you know, the the virus and everything so obviously you you don't seem like the type of person that'll let something as small as you know uh inconvenience of being home with you know confine you especially like when it comes to like expanding knowledge and stuff like that like so what do you tell people when they you know say they feel like that or they got that mindset like you know you're not really trapped it's all in your mind right yeah i mean it's kind of like uh it's kind of like when you was a kid, right? And your parents told you you was grounded and you couldn't go anywhere. Like you probably wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway, but the fact that they told you you can't makes you want to go somewhere, right? So it's, so it's like, it's like when I, when I encounter people like that, I, I tell them like, man, like, what, what are you doing? Like what, like, what are you, it's not about what you're doing, but what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you can play all the Monopoly you want to, or you can, you I mean, you got options. You can, you can, you know, do some push-ups and sit-ups and get fit. You can sit on your couch all day and watch TV or play Xbox or whatever the fuck. But, like, at, at that point, we're like, what are you doing with your life? So when <clears> – <throat> excuse me. So time is the most valuable commodity known to man. Um, it is the most valuable thing that we possess. So if, if you don't know your worth, then you're only worth what people pay you. So the fact that you're getting to be at home and you're getting to work from home and – there's so much more shit that you can accomplish because 
instead of, you know, a commute to work, an eight-hour shift, to commute home. And then now you're tired. Now you got to cook dinner, take care of your children, mow the lawn. You, know, you can knock all this stuff out at your own leisure, like being at home. So, like, find something that you're passionate about and go chase that. And Because if you don't, then what are you doing? Hmm. Yeah. I tell that, I say that to myself all the time when I see people complaining about, you know, their nine to five or whatever, like, you know, you don't have to work there. You can, you can find something that you enjoy doing, you know, at least till you find your path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like why, I, I don't understand why people allow themselves to linger in um, situations that they don't like. I, I, I've never understood that kind of stuff. Like, um, I always say when something's not fun anymore or when I'm not passionate about it anymore, that means it's, it's enough. Time's up because I mean, I'm going to start half-assing it and then either the quality drops off or somebody gets hurt. And, and neither one of them is good all because like we couldn't pay attention to something. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, and it's, it's crazy. It's like, I, I just don't get that mindset like where like you're, you're in a place and even if like you're say you're at a, you're at a job and you can't afford to like quit right um, or walk off the job, but like are you or do you have an exit strategy in place? Are you working on an exit strategy to to be able to walk away from a situation that you don't like? Like you should, you need to be able to plan your escape. Are you interviewing at other places? Are you looking for anything? When's the last time you updated your resume? I hate this fucking job. Okay, cool. All I do is sit here and type on the computer. There's nothing stopping me from slap, slapping open a Word document and, and beginning to update my resume to like look good for potential employers elsewhere, right? It was so what, what, like, what are you, what are you doing to participate in the, in your own life, or are you just accepting? Like stuff happens, like so nothing happens to anybody without them allowing it to. And if you don't make shit happen, then shit happens to you. There's no, there's no middle ground with it. You either make it happen or it happens to you. That's it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I guess everyone just, I guess, comes into their own at their own speed. And, you know, you can't force them. You can give them the information and pray that they, you know, absorb it. But as far as them, you know, taking it, you know, uh, getting motivated to actually pursue it, you know, it's up to them. That's like anybody who got like a real bad drug addiction. They going to quit when they ready, not when they told, you know? Yeah, man. Like, and, and it's crazy because you're like, so you see, like, you, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like the right words to like, to like put it into perspective. But it's kind of like, if, if you, yeah, you take take that same same drug addict, right? It's not until they hit rock bottom and they decide that enough is enough that, you know, or it, it almost takes their life, right? But if if we see that, if we can see that happen to people, then why do I need to make the same mistake? You, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if my cousin, if my cousin smoked his lungs out, like why, why would I go smoke? I, you know what I'm saying? I saw, I saw him do it. Yeah. That's, that's enough for me. And and it's it's unfortunate that um, like a lot of us, a lot of us um, can't take the the experience of other people and learn like and apply that to our own life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when you got examples of what heroin, meth, and crack do to you, and you still do it, it's like, what what are you doing? You must really not be paying attention or you look at it as a joke. And life ain't a joke. And ain't no reset button. Ain't no wake up 100% healed, you know? Every day, you take a little bit from it, you know? Only thing that changes your experiences yes. and your age. But every day you you losing that 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 clock is winding down, regardless to how young you are. Soon as you as soon as you're born, your Facts. clock start clicking. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta take advantage. You know, this is outside of the realm of children. You're talking about adulthood here. Like you do know no one lives forever, you know. Exactly. Exactly, and that and that's what and that's what I'm saying. So, like, why waste? Why waste? You know, the the amount of time. I think a, a study said you spend you spend uh, 40, 40 to seventy percent of your life at work. Mm-hmm. So 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 why be unhappy? Or why why do why do things that you're not you're not passionate about? Or why not? Uh, you know why why try and and uh, and, and accept what's happening to you or accept your circumstance. So why, why do you have to do that? You, you shouldn't have to do that. It should just be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up. Here's my goal. Here's what I'm going to do towards it. Now you may have to have a stepping stone of, of a nine to five that you might not like or whatever. But like I said earlier, it just, you, you need an exit strategy. How, how are we going to get out of here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was, uh, I was checking out your book there down right? Uh, dope read so far. And from what I can ascertain, this is a, a letter to your son about, uh, well, I guess the, the father-son dynamic and you giving game to him about life. And one thing that stuck out to me was uh, anything and everything worth having is worth the work uh, it takes to reach that goal or that prize that you want to ascertain. And that's something that you know, it resonated with me because, you know, that's how I feel about my goals and everything that I do. Like, I got off work last night. I caught the rest of that, uh, you know, uh, live that y'all did. And then I went to editing videos. Dog-ass tired to one one thirty. You know what I'm saying? Woke up this morning, had to few, do a few things around the house. Then I had to go run, take care of the family. And then I had to rush home to do this. You know, and when I get off with you, I'm gonna be right back at it, coming up with more strategies, more things to do, all on my day off. You know, so I got the same 24 hours you got. What you doing with yours? Exactly, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so <clears throat> we wrapped up the live, and I was telling you uh, before we we came on um, how like I was editing like the re- the recap video saying I mean our schedule in that regard was the same but um but yeah man so the the dear dear Dominic is written to the the 16 year old version the 17 or the 18 year old version of Dominic he'll be one like next week but that book is written to him as a as a teenager right because they say that they say that there's no roadmap to life but is is like it's bullshit there is there absolutely is. Now, there there's several different ways to get to the destination that you want to get to, but there's absolutely a roadmap. So um, I rode there, Dominic. I came back from deployment, and uh, I missed his birth by two weeks. So 
when I got back, I, I just wanted to do, you know, like everything to, you know, I, I wanted to do everything. All right. I, I didn't, I didn't I had experience with changing diapers, but these were diapers of like, you know, older children, you know what I mean? Like, so I had like no experience of like taking care of like an infant or a newborn. So um, when he slept, I would just, I would just write because when I got back, I got back in May of 2020 and li- the world was literally on fire. Like this was right after like the George Floyd incident. This was right after the Breonna Taylor incident. This was right after um, there was somebody else that got killed like r- around that same time. And we were literally burning the country down and black black men were being haunted by the police and it was i was to a point where like here's this precious little life and he's laying like next to me like and as his father it's my job to protect him and ensure that he can grow up to be an adult um but the next traffic stop that i encountered could be my last one so what what do i what do i do um i I take all of the things that I learned in life, what worked for me, what didn't work for me. And I, I compiled them and um, it's, there's 20 letters like in there. And I'm just, I mean, it's written to like Dominic, but it applies to like the world. You know what I mean? Like it, it can apply to like anybody can pick up this book, substitute his name there and it, and apply it, I, I believe. And um, yeah, I mean, that was the best thing I could do in the event of like my, my untimely demise. Like he has something to know, A, that I love him, B, that I wouldn't like leave him like guideless and, and you know, see that, hey, maybe we as a, as a community can rise from this. Did you see yourself writing this book prior to you having your son or the simple fact that, you know, everything that was going on in the world um, kind of, uh, you know, inspired you to write it, not only just for your son, but for everybody else. It was more, it was like everything that was going on. Like I had no, uh, I can't say that that was on my short list of things to do, like to be an author, right? I never, never, never even considered it. Um, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm good with words, like you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I had my vocabulary is extensive, you know, this, that, and the third. So like I had all of the, uh, criteria, I think to, to be like an author, um, good words, I could put them together, construct thoughts, well, um, things of that nature, but like it, it never occurred to me until, like I said, um, I watched that was, it was going on and I was watching for like some of these black men being killed, bro, for like one dude was jogging. Another dude was coming from the gym, going somewhere else. And then another dude was like just in a wrong neighborhood or something. And then they kicked in Breonna Taylor's door. And it, like, it's a, any one of those situations, the shit that I do like every day, like I may wake up and go outside for a job. Is that my time? I might have a traffic stop because, you know, my, my tail light is broken, but, you know, I, I move my hand too fast in the wrong direction. Is that my time? Like, so at that point, you need something like concrete because like digital, digital media can be um, made inaccessible. Like nothing goes away from the internet, right? But like it can make it more difficult to be accessible or if, you know, what's the password to my laptop? So I don't want to leave it digitally. I wanted to leave it something that he could tangible, tangibly put his hands on and be like, hey, you know what? Here you go. But just in case he's, you know, paperback is gone by the time he's 20, like, they're, they're, they're also on Kindle, so. Yeah. Okay. 
I uh I think that's dope, man. I think that all fathers should uh you know try to not just you know leave debt or leave a car to their kids. You know what I'm saying? Or I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd appreciate if someone left me a house. You know, but give me the give me the wisdom. Give me the jewels. Give me give me your experiences so I can learn from them and take those tips and apply it to my life and then pass it on to your grandkids and the great grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not just, you know, uh, stories about what I could have done or what I did when I was young. That's great. But what's the stuff that's going to keep me safe on the street and keep me growing and, and keep me as strong as you were? Exactly. And that's to me, that's that's what it's all about. Like any any father, um, and you can be like a girl dad or a boy dad, it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Any father, his job and his only purpose in life is to put pr- pr- uh, provide, sorry, a good launching point for his offspring. Right. And so if 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 you're not doing that, then like what what the hell are you doing? Like Granted, you may not have asked to be a father, but that child didn't ask to come here. And now that that child is here, it's your responsibility to set them up to be uh, equally competitive as some of our counterparts from other nationalities and races. So if, if you're going to do that, and if every father took that that mentality, then the world would be a lot better place because you wouldn't have, you know, deadbeats and things of that nature. Yeah, you're absolutely right. How long did it take you to write the book? Um, about four months. Okay. It took me about four months to write, um, off and on, because again, like I was still doing, you know, still doing like merchandising and still like trying to get new gear for wrestling and stuff like that. So like I kind of. Um, when I had like a quiet moment, like if I was here and I, I needed a break from something else, I would just like open it up and just write. And um, or if when when something struck me that I wanted to, that I wanted to teach, um, I think like there's a couple letters in there that was like purely off of like I was scrolling down like a Facebook timeline and I saw some dude on there complaining about some shit, and then I disagreed with him, and I was like, but. I don't want Dominic to be like that. So let, let me, let me, let me tap into this real quick. And so it was just like, so if I felt something like I, w- I would make like a note, if I was out, but if I was here, then I would just open up the laptop and start writing. And then I had to go back and like reconstruct some paragraphs and you know what I mean? Like try and make sure that I didn't um, put anybody, any innocent party on front street and like inside of the book, because I, I wrote everything the way that I felt it at the time. Okay. So what do you see yourself in the next five years with everything you got going on? I, I assume that you are, you're striving to reach some type of goal. I don't know what it is yet, but I see you becoming like a, a community leader when it comes to, you know, keeping your people on their word and growing and becoming better versions of yourself. Um, the next five years, I like I see myself somewhere on like a, a world platform, man. Um, so in October 
of this year. I'm, I'm going to be filming the special to go along with the spoken word album. I'm going to try and pitch that to Netflix. Um, and like that has like the poetry that's on there is a uh, po- spoken word poetry, obviously. Um, and it has a lot of strong undertones, not, not undertones, they're overtones, but it's, it's talking about holding people accountable and like things of that nature. So that, that that's going to pop off in October um, by spring of next year, like the second book will be out the hydration manifesto where I'm talking about uh, how thirsty people have, have ruined the dynamic of uh, men and women. Uh, the obviously the grown man logic podcast just kicked off. Um, wrestling will be like popping. So I do on a world stage somewhere, man. Um, and just bringing, no, at that point, my, my goal should be like in a more clear focus than, than what it is. But for now, it's just about the exposure and spreading the word to like everybody that I can. Okay. So Grown Man Logic Podcast, man. T- tell me a little bit about that. That's something I'm very interested in. So uh, I'm not sure if you caught it last Thursday. Uh, Carla from the She Blows It podcast. Um, well, first I, I I podcast on Fridays with two like two other wrestlers. Um, we just do like a Friday night social where like because we we're not in locker rooms with each other anymore. We just kind of um, jump on and t- we stream that live on Twitch where people could like interact with us as it's happening. Um, grown man logic happened because I post every morning on my Instagram. Like I post a, a a statement that's applying pressure, right? Like I I'll I'll post it on there, and um you know I'll get some responses, I'll get some comments on there. And uh, Carla from the She Blows a podcast, she and I were talking um like a, like I think the 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 Monday no it wasn't even Monday it was like the Saturday prior um because we were all like the panelists on something. No, Kendra did that live I think the one we were all on and she watched it back and was like, that was a lot of good points that I, and, um, so like, so she, and she tricked me into doing it. Right. She was just like, Hey, uh, it's a lot of good points. Like, you know, all you have to do is just wait for people to comment on this. The person that gets the most comments will, will do it. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not that tight. Like I don't got experience with it. You know, this, that, and the third. So she was like, all right, cool. I'll co-host it. Said, all right, cool. And then Kendra from, uh, coffee with Kendra was like, yo, I'm in. And then, um, you know, that one guy from the uncomfortable conversation jumped in too. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, look, if we're doing it, we're going to, we're going to do it like this. It's going to be like a, the evening edition of, uh, of the breakfast club or something like it's going to be, <laughs> we already know what the topic is going to be based off of, based off of the, uh, the response from the people. And, uh, so she was like, you know, when, when do you want to do it? When would you think you would do it? And I was like, I don't know, probably like a Thursday. Like that's probably the day that most people don't have anything going on. She's like, well, what time? I don't know, like nine. Uh, I got I got to put Dominic to bed and make sure that he's sleeping. And the second part is more important than the first one. Like yeah. <laughs> you put him to bed all day long with the making sure he's sleeping. And then she hit up everybody in the group chat and they all hit me back and was like, all right, we're in. Let's go. So then last uh what is past Thursday, we did the uh first episode and uh got a lot of good responses. So stuff like that. So I mean I'm I'm really looking forward to see like where that can go. Uh, this is my first like uh, venture into like this this arena, so we'll see. Okay. Well, 
from my experience, I tell you right now, uh, I mean, like you stated earlier, you know, everyone, you know, learns at their own pace. And when it comes to podcasting, there's, there's no one rule to it. Like with anything else in life, you know, it is what you make. Mm. It's, it's making it the best quality of that, you know, form is what's going to make the difference between yours and everybody else's. So, you know, uh, like I said, I'm going to check that out. And, you know, I look forward to seeing more because, uh, you know, that that whole vibe and you get the right people together, whatever they talking about, it's going to come out great. It's going to be interesting. And it's going to be something worth tuning into on the individual platforms. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think that's like it's a good like we play off of each other well. I think mm-hmm. um, the the and it's crazy because um, the only person I knew prior to me doing I think I did coffee with Kendra to talk about Dear Dominic. So I met her then, and then I did the same thing with the She Blows It podcast. So I met Carla there, but the only person I knew was was Eric. Like from from he was a, he's a military veteran as well, so like I knew him. And he kind of plugged me into like both of them. And then uh, I think one of them, one of them had all of us on first. And cause they, they were like running short on like get no Eric and Carla did a, a, a combined um, like podcast. They combined their show and they had a panel on, uh, I think it was like, Derek Jackson or something, oh, whatever. So we get on there and we, and we vibe and like it, it turned out good. So then we were all together on somebody else's show, and then you know we're kind of like, hey man, we, we we might be on to something here. Like this this could be this could be good because the chemistry for us to not know one another like was like it was it was good, and then and now you know we're friends like we got you know group text and shit like that so. Um, the, like the chemistry is only going to get better, you know, as, as time goes on that I think, um, I, I, I like, I really enjoy the, the dynamic between the four of us. So, um, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we hope it takes off. <laughs> yeah, man. I look forward to more, man. Uh, you know, when I finished watching yesterday, I was just like, damn, I wish I could have been there live because, you know, I like to get in comments. I like to get a response and bring up things that, you know, some people might oversee or some people never think of, you know, because sometimes people be having good points, but they keep it to themselves. And, you know, that's the good thing about having, you know, live shows being done because, you know, you mess around and respond to their question or respond to their comment and you might inspire them to do something that they've been holding off or whatever, you know, so that's dope. No, I, I think I like the live dynamic like so much too because for that reason, um and like it, you know it was crazy one like especially yesterday like it, it was a uh, we, we were at a lot of women inside of it inside of that last and um you know just, like stuff stuff turned up man and it was it was it was just a good it was just a good discussion like all around so um i definitely like the live dynamic so um like i so i i take the the live feed and then you know i rip the audio from it and just plug it on so like it'll be coming out like on anchor as well like shortly i gotta get everything set up one of the uh social disturbancing umbrella okay that's what's up so 
what do you do in your downtime when you, uh, you know, you obviously have like free time. I know that you try to preoccupy as much, you know, free time with staying busy or, you know, working on your craft or working on your next book. Like, what do you do just to, you know, chill out or whatever? Um, shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll play like Xbox or something, but even then, um, even then, like, I'm, I'm like probably on like in, in conversation with somebody about something, you know what I'm saying? Like about like, like taking over something else. Like, so, um, at night, at the end of the night when like, you know, Dominic's gone to bed and, uh, you know, the wife is gone to bed, like I, I sit down there and I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm not going to do anything. So I'll, I'll turn on the Xbox, throw the 2K on or whatever. Um, after like a game and a half, I'm, I'm up on the phone. Hey, man, um, what do you think about this topic? Blah, 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 that third. Or, you know, because I'm also I'm also dropping like spoken word promos. So like I'll pick up I'll pick up my, my phone and start to write like an, another piece. Or if I have a piece written, I need to record it. So then I'll come in, throw the headphones on and record it. And if it's recorded, then I got to find a video to like compliment like the words to the thing. So then, and that's, that's how it spins. My mind spins like that in a constant. So I attempt, I attempt to get downtime, like so, so hard. Hmm. But then, but then I just, I, I end up falling asleep. Like if I, if I find myself absolutely doing nothing, like I, I, I just fall asleep. Okay. So you would say, oh, I'm just assuming from everything you told me. So it seems like your spoken word poetry and uh, wrestling is like your two hobbies that you put most passion behind. Um, nah, I don't agree. Nah, I, I put passion behind everything. Okay. I, I, um, I put like 150% in everything I do because my name's on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I, I, even though I might not, I might not even be good at it. Right. Like, so when I first started doing like spoken word poetry, I was uh, Romeo, Juliet. And then they were like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta do it like this. So then I started doing it like that. And then it sounded like I was rapping a little bit. Right. And I, I sucked <laughs> like my first, like, <laughs> like my first, like, a few attempts at spoken word, like I, I sucked because I, I thought it was supposed to have a rhythm and then it had to rhyme and then it had, and I didn't understand uh, the difference between like simile and metaphor and when to use which and which tool is more effective and all of the aspects of it that I understand now. Um, but it, it didn't stop me from going like 150%. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and my work ethic got me invited back to places more so than my poetry did up until like 2000, I think it was like 2005 when um, I entered a competition and, and actually won and became poet laureate of Boston for that year. I, uh, at that point, like I knew that I had it, but it was like honing my crap. The same thing with wrestling. Like I didn't understand like match psychology and why I shouldn't body slam this guy now versus, you know, five minutes later in the match, you know what I'm saying? And then, so yeah, man. Uh, so taking and then writing, obviously, it came uh, as a gift from all of the poetry and stuff. And and then now this whole like podcasting thing, like I'm I'm in it head over heels. Like we decided to come a crew. Like we we did the show. I had to recap out the next day. Like as soon as we finish this one right here, after I get some food, I'm gonna recap. Uh, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna edit the recap for uh, Coffee with Kendra from the live, and then um, I'm gonna start looking at like 
start looking at, hey, I got, I need some some video art for, you know, this next piece I got coming out called uh, Fast Food. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that, man. It's, it's, I'm always I'm always going. Okay. Well, from everything I see and uh, all the videos I watched of yours and, you know, everything that we talked about, you know, you exude confidence. Do you have any fears or doubts about anything you do? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but I'm also able to talk myself out of it. Because okay. I, I think uh I think the doubt is like a natural uh is 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 part of self-preservation, which happens like innately, right? So it happens as as you know, as a person, you you're you're gonna take on undertake this big venture, right? So my, my immediate thought is, you know, what what if this fails? And then I, I immediately say to myself, not even seconds later, but what what if it doesn't? Mm-hmm. And then and and then like I, I get myself to a point where like, hey, I got to pull the trigger on this thing. Either I'm gonna get it on or I'm not gonna get it on. And then I do it. And because I'm so, I think, but I think that the the doubt and the fear um, that I feel in the beginning is also what allows the project to come off well because I take all of the precautions that I'm supposed to. And it is not like I'm throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. It's kind of like everything that I do is calculated because of that doubt and that fear. Yeah. It's okay to second guess yourself. Just don't stop yourself from trying just because of the fear of something might not work. You know, uh, I had a conversation with a guy the other day and I was like, um, you know, uh, how many times did, you know, the first car blow up before they got it right? Or, you know, the train went off the track before it stayed on it, you know? It's going to take it's gonna take a few mistakes before you get that thing right. So just don't, don't just don't have to be the the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know? You fail one time. Look, up, look how long it takes for kids to learn how to ride bikes. They fall, they get up, and they do it again until they, they get that rhythm down. The next thing you know, they teaching you tricks, you know what I'm saying? Because they're in a, a newer version of what, what you were taught, you know, a newer time. So you got to grow. You got to grow, and you grow from experience. Absolutely. And you, I mean, you got to scrape your knee a couple times to, to learn that it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, don't, if you don't know, if you don't got no qualms and no fears about scraping your knee, then nothing, nothing is driving you to get that uh, – get that rhythm down to ride that bike. You know what I mean? So you, you have to, you know, fall down a couple of times. You have to, it's necessary. Okay. So you brought up uh, thirstiness earlier, right? And I wanted you to, uh, to touch on that as far as with the, with the men and the generation that we live in today, man, because, you know, I, I speak about that all the time. I made a post a few weeks back about, um, you know, guys, uh, sliding in girls' DMs. I'm like, if she doesn't respond to the first one, she's not going to respond to the second one or the third one or the 13th one. She's going to make you a meme or the topic of her group chat. You know, stop embarrassing yourself and move on. No, I, I agree with that 100%. I, th- I think uh, a lot of dudes don't understand uh, the difference between attentiveness and thirst. And that's something that um actually me and Carlo were talking about that this morning. Um, whereas like you you um uh, 
you you make your 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 opening your overture right and then you don't get a response all right cool maybe maybe send a follow-up maybe excuse me depending on what you open with and then because that matters approaches everything so so hmm. uh maybe you send a follow-up but if, if you don't get a response to the follow-up man you probably should let that one go but my my uh point for thirst or my my vantage point is not so much like the dms but uh it gives it gives people uh, a sense of entitlement um it gives people a sense of entitlement and a sense of like confidence that that uh no not confidence a sense of ego mm-hmm. is unwarranted right so like now we we've come to a point in life where you can't you can't say hi or wave or at somebody on on a facebook post or an instagram post without them being like oh he wants me and, and it's fucked up it's fucked up because it's like it's like you may come across like a very attractive lady right and but because like the 97 other dudes that has said something to her before that has always been like good morning beautiful hello gorgeous like that kind of shit like you like you see it so like you you might literally just been like hey this is a good picture boom and you may and you may have like a legitimate question to even be like hey uh where where did you shoot this this photo because you might like the background art or something like i'm you know hypothetically and like you don't get a response and you get looked at as somebody just trying to come up with a different icebreaker and then the other 97 dudes, right. That, that like said something to her. So it's like the, the dynamic is like fucked up, but at the same time it goes by, it goes with um, like, say somebody is reaching out for help, right. Um, like a woman is reaching out for help on, on like social media, you know, she's, Hey man, I met them. I'm at the end of my rope here, but we'll buy the second third. And like, you may have the ability and the resources to provide the assistance that she's capable of, but your message gets ignored. Why? Because 30 other thirsty motherfuckers have said the same thing to her. Like, it's just, I mean, like you'll, you like, you'll see more. Like I, I, I go in on this, um, actually on the, in the, in my second book, the, the hydration manifesto is it's, it's happening. Yeah, man, that's uh, I don't want to say it's a shame. It's like I, I guess it it all depends on the household and the upbringing, or you know, people just taking for what they see, you know, in, in, in their everyday lives on social media and saying. Oh, that's how you get a girl. Well, that's how you approach it. You know what I'm saying? Most most boys, and I use that word uh, for this particular conversation, don't know how to speak to women, you know? And some men play that little boy shit, and that's not cool. And that's what makes it harder on the rest of it. Like, I don't, I don't DM slide just for that particular reason, because I can simply say, hey, um, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, thirsty ass nigga. Oh, all right. You know. Exactly, bro. So, you know, I, I don't even do that. You know, unless I meet you in person, you know, I'm not going to hit you in the DMs because or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like face-to-face interaction. I'm going to give you the real. I'm not going to play the facade, you know, or nothing like that because what you see is what you get, you know. And then once we get to know each other, you get a little bit more of us on the inside. But I'm not going to say, hey, 
I'm this in order to get what I want or get what I, I see you portraying, you know what I'm saying? You putting out there. No, nah, that's not what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Because for all I know, you showing me something just because you think I got something that you want. So then I get to know the real Thanks. and all that's borrowed or whatever or rented. Or, and I'm just like, you know, uh, what happened to your hair? You know what I'm saying? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like, why why are you light-skinned now? You was dark-skinned earlier or, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So all that stuff counts. Now, I'm not a person that's, you know, stuck on vanity or nothing like that. But, you know, that's part of your persona. If you have a persona and I meet your persona and then I find out about the real you, I'm not going to trust you because you, you had to, you know what I'm saying? You had your guard up. That's cool. And I understand that, but you can be uh, honest without compromising who you are. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I swear I was talking about this just last night because the thirst don't only go like both. The thirst goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like men uh, are thirsty more so for like sex, right? And women are thirsty more so for like intangible shit, right? Like, or or, or money. Luxury. Right? Like, let's, let's not... Like, yeah, like it's either like luxury high end shit or like uh or it's intangible shit like uh like com- just a conversation companionship. They need they need friends because they've they've lied to like all of the people that were their friends, so they they don't even know who that person is anymore. So now you you hit the social media market and you just need somebody to listen to somebody else, somebody brand new to listen to your bullshit. But you know, and then you bullshit them, and then they stop being your friend, and then you're back, and so the cycle repeats itself. It is it's crazy because it yeah, it definitely goes both ways. But I was just I was talking about that last night, how like um like in, in nature, like like women women are the biggest liars, knowing the man, bro, from like the contour, the foundation and the blush and the weave. And and that's before you even like say hi. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they got they got they got all American beef franks dangling on a fishing pole, man, and dudes out here eating it, hook line a sinker. Like it is is nuts yeah i mean but for for you know aesthetic purposes or confidence you know that's usually the response i get when i question those things and that's understandable you know that's who you need that's what you need to feel like yourself like your truest self or you know to build your confidence up that's fine and all that stuff gets thrown out the window if it doesn't match who you are on the inside. But but like listen listen to listen to the the irony in that statement. In order to feel more comfortable about myself, I need to make myself look like something else. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, you that's crazy. So. All right, so I guess an example would be, um, you know, like a girl who who, who hair doesn't grow, uh, you know, as long or something might have happened. And then, you know, she gets like a, a unit or whatever or some attachments or whatever. And, you know, that's, you know, that's something, I don't want to say minute, but something used to, you know, uh, you know, strengthen her confidence or, you know, make her feel good about herself or to stop people that she surround herself with that, you know, puts her down or talks about her just some way 
that makes her feel bad. Now, it's her choice to keep those people around her. You know what I'm saying? But... Uh, yeah, but... but sorry, not to cut you off, man, but, like, but usually something... Like, somebody who's been through, like, something traumatic, those aren't the people out here trying to thirst trap niggas, man. That's, those those aren't those people, right? Like, like... Uh, and and again, it's situational, right? So if I if I meet a, a young lady who has like a, a hair piece in, or you know what I'm saying, tracks or attachments or whatever, and like you know she's humble, or you know down to earth or what have you, like, and then her story comes across organically, that's 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 usually what happens with those type of people who've been through some trauma. I'm just talking about these bad bitch Instagram uh, women outside of the temple. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, and and usually it's nothing. It's nothing wrong. Like, you just want to keep up with the latest like celebrity trends or something, right? And that's that's a completely different person because it's a completely different mindset. And that that is fucked up. The the bad thing about that is people blur reality from social media. Cause they start treating you as opportunities for growth for that platform opposed to real people. Like I'm not a, you know, I'm not a like machine. I'm not a comment machine. I'm not a, I'm not a cash app. You know what I'm saying? That's going to respond to your pictures. You know, I'm an actual person, you know what I'm saying? So that's how they do that. And then they use that, I guess, for, in my opinion, self gratification or simply uh, a marketing scheme. Because I've seen girls that had work done, and to me, they look so fake. They're not even, you know, you know, worth giving attention to or worth, you know, saying, saying that they're attractive anymore. Because, I mean, just for me, I don't mind. I, I prefer a natural body over a done-up one, you know. Now, to everybody else, the most of the, the thirsty people, oh, they're going to, they gonna, you know, they're going to fire your DMs up. They're going to like every picture you got. They going yeah. they going to subscribe to your OnlyFans if you got one, you know. To me, I'm just like, all right. So, what makes you different from the Jenners? What makes you different from the next person? Because they all got their body done too. And well, and, and it's crazy. It's crazy because like you're paying for your own addiction, right? Like so, like the dudes who subscribe to like an OnlyFans page, right? Like you have to pay for the subscription, and then you have to pay for the individual content as well. Right. So, so like you, 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 you get, you're getting double taxed. Right. And then like you, so at that point you can't, you can't, uh, you can't fault anybody or fault the woman for looking at you and calling you a thirsty ass nigga. Because at the point like you, you funded everything for her to spring this thirst trap on you. You know, I, I agree with that. And I also know about the dudes who, who like to hustle. There was a brother that uh, that made the newspaper a while ago who basically funded this girl's whole year on OnlyFans, right? And I guess she was making, like, custom videos, videos for him and everything. He was paying for them. And then he turned around and created his own OnlyFans account with all her videos and made, like, three times what she charged him for it. And I was like, good to go. That's, the, that's exactly what you're supposed to do with that oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yo, he probably went to jail, bro. <laughs> that sounded like illegal as a motherfucker. <laughs> nah, he didn't he didn't go to jail, but his business got put out there. Now I'm pretty sure he took he had to take the page down, 
but he already made his money. You know what I'm saying? And, and she probably was getting. Uh, yeah, but true. I think what happened was I think she was getting hit with like uh, flag videos, like saying like you know uh, this is fake content. Or you know, you're content. not you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that's how I was brought up. But I thought that was genius. I was like, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? She she sold you something for twenty dollars. You you mess around and sold it for fifty or hundred or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you know if you're gonna play the game, play it right. <laughs> yeah, hey man, you play play it to get rich, man. Play it to get rich. Yeah, man. So, I mean, that, yeah, it, I mean that, that it's it's a boss move, but uh, I don't know, man. It's too shady for my blood. I always tell dudes, man, uh, porn is free. You know, um, facts. You watching this particular girl get a little bit more naked than what she does on Snapchat or or uh Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You can you can you can save the twenty dollars, you can save the whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like you you wasting your money. For all that, you could you could make one yourself. You know what I'm saying? Get you get you a young lady that don't look too bad, yep. you gotta show her face, make your own shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know exactly, but you, but you know what it is though. It's the it's the familiarity. I think you know what I'm saying. Like like OnlyFans is made for the dude who works, you know, next to like the the hot blonde chick in an office building who will never have an opportunity to see her naked. But she's like, hey, you know what? If you pay, you can see it. It's a, that's what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I think I think that's the type of audience that it brings. It brings like because you already you already have to know the person. Like to know that they have an OnlyFans, you know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. So it's like uh, it's like that nerd. It's like the classic story, man. The nerd that works in the mail room and the high powered exec that works in the penthouse, right? Oh shit, she got an OnlyFans. Let me check it out. It, I think that's what that's built for. I mean, and, and whoever made it, the, the marketing is is genius for it. It's just it's a lot of shady shit that goes on with it, man. Man, I ain't with it. You know, it's. It ain't worth it yet. So many mistakes and so much thirstiness can be corrected once you have post nut clarity. I swear to God, because once you once you get that out, I your agree system, with that one hundred percent. Once you get that out your system, you're not even <laughs> focusing on that. That's the last that thing you want around you. You know what I'm saying? Get that get that out your system, and then and then 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 think about hitting that subscribe button. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. It's like it's like going to the grocery store and shopping when you're hungry. You shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true. Understand? Like if you, yeah, if you, you get that clarity out, uh, yeah, you know, I agree with that one. I never heard it put like that, but yeah, that 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 thought that thought process is accurate. Exactly. That's how you end up with like. Four boxes of Choco Tacos in your house, and you don't even eat them. But once a year, when you go to the ice cream truck, like no, that's that's stupid. Why you why you got all these TV dinners? This ain't the fifties. Come on now, it don't make no sense. <laughs> you got Lean Cuisine, hungry man. <laughs> <laughs> Lean Cuisine. I ain't heard that in so long. I didn't even know they still did. They still make those. I think so. Uh, I think Marie Cal- Cal- Calendar like bought them out, and uh, she puts out her like you know weight loss shit through them. Okay, 
Uh, I'll be on Blue Apron. You know what I'm saying? I like to get my uh, my, my meals from there. That's pretty good. Man, oh, man, oh man. So let me let me ask you this: um, What do you think uh, about everything that's been going on in the news this week, man? It's it's been crazy, especially for you know uh, people of color. You know, dealing with the justice system and all this, you know, uh, social injustice. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's crazy, right? It's, it's crazy. It is absolutely. But but here's the thing. This should not come as a surprise to anybody. It's been happening since Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually but like before then, you know what I'm saying? So, like, what's going on now? You just have more readily accessible information. And shame on the people who are standing by with their cameras out providing this footage instead of helping these black men. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, like why are you, what do you, like, you, you're just going to stand there and record it? All right, cool. If I see 50 cell phones over there, I probably need to try and run some interference. Like, that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know what the answer is, but um, there, there, there has to be change and it has to be soon. Because, uh, I mean, it's, it's getting awfully difficult to camouflage the fact that the black men are being haunted. It, even in Chicago, where um, um, I forget the kid's name, the Latin kid that just got shot. I was, I was uh, following up on that. Um, and like, so, so minorities are, are being ha- hunted, man, like hunted down. Yeah, it's uh. It's ridiculous, and I, I try not to get uh, desensitized by it because it's so much every day. Like, it, you got to think about the stuff that's not being caught on camera. You know, I had somebody somebody sent me a video yesterday about this traffic stop. Um, I want to say it was like in Oklahoma or something, but a cop rolled up on a, a dude in the pickup truck. Saw he had a sidearm, and it was a machine gun. Um, and he said, uh, all right, uh, I know you got your gun on you. I'm going to go ahead and get you to put that on my hood so, you know, uh, we could both feel safe during, you know, uh, the traffic stop or whatever. He said, cool, no problem. It's a white dude now and a white cop. So he gets out, he takes it off his hip, and when he's coming around the back to hand it to the cop, he opens fire. He, I want to say he hit him maybe five times, then came around the other side of the truck when the cop was on the ground, shot him two or three more times, hopped in his truck and left. And oh, the, sure. first, the first thing I said after I saw that, if that was a black dude, he would have never made it out the cab of that truck. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So nine times out of ten, um, uh, I'm pretty, I mean, because all this stuff is caught on camera, his tail, his uh, license plate and all that was captured. I'm pretty sure they probably found the dude or they're looking for him as of right now. But you see that and you just compare it to your own life. And you want to, nine times out of ten, you're going to respond the way I did. Because, yeah, I do feel sorry that that cop possibly lost his life. And, you know what I'm saying, he, he uh, you know, had to deal with that. 
or his family has to deal with that. And then, you know, the rest of those uh, cops have to possibly mourn the loss of a, a fellow police officer. But it's like, it's, it's black people that sit in cars with cell phones that get quote unquote mistaken for guns or just, you know, get pulled over for BS reasons and they get killed for nothing. And this guy had a weapon, didn't show no signs of being dangerous, but he turned out to be a murderer. First degree murder. And then, or second let's degree. Let's not even talk about this. Let's not even talk about the dude that uh that was in the, in that white SUV that uh the cops tried to like uh they stopped him. They tried to the one cop was talking to him up on his thing and he yeah. drove off with the cop still hanging out to yeah, the side of the truck. One year old dude in Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's 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 crazy. That, that's fucking crazy. Like there's clearly two Americas out here and it's getting more and more difficult to hide. For, from even the, the sleepest of sleep motherfuckers like you don't have to you have to have to like you don't have to be woke to realize that that's happening and like the minute that um anybody like tries to bring about that kind of change man i, I don't know because because we have more power than we give ourselves credit for it's just we don't we don't take advantage of our resources and, and our attributes and what we actually contribute to this country and this economy yeah I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for people to, you know, actually put in the forth the right effort. I don't know if it's going to be a particular speech, a particular death, uh, aliens to land, and you know what I'm saying. Uh, start saying some wild stuff for people to realize that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy out here. So. You gotta hey man, pay attention. UFOs is a real thing, man. Yeah. I'm not extraterrestrials are a real thing, man. I'm not looking forward to meeting them. I think it'll be interesting, you know. So yeah. Yeah, nah, fuck that. I got I got questions. Okay. I got questions. When you at the UFOs land, I'm, I'm putting them on an episode of Grown Man Logic. I got, I got questions. <laughs> so you you think they speak in English? That's that's what you're telling me. Hey man, listen. If 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 I can convince them to get on there, because I definitely don't speak whatever they speak. So if I can convince them to be on there, that means they speak enough. I don't know. I think I think the first thing I would do is to, uh, you know, see how do I get one of them ships because I'm trying to see some different shit. You know, I ain't been to Amsterdam yet, but I'd rather go to Jupiter first, you feel me? Yeah. It, it rings diamonds on Jupiter, I think. I don't know. I think it's Jupiter. I think, no, 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 there's one planet, like, it legit rings diamonds. I just don't remember which planet it was. I think, it, I want to say it was Jupiter. I had to do some research on that. That's 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 crazy. Plus, I don't know what type of app. Yeah, they were. They <laughs> but, but I mean, because of the because uh, you know, like you know, how, like diamonds are you know made out of coal and you know with the pressure extreme. And they're saying that the way that the atmosphere is set up, like the coal, like comes off of uh, like the asteroids and shit that are that are flying like in orbit of that planet. Mm-hmm. And but by the time it passes through their atmosphere. It's enough pressure, and it literally rains diamonds there. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. That's that'll probably be dope to see, but also dangerous, depending on how fast they coming down. 
bro. I, I mean, if, the, if it's a, if it's enough pressure to make diamonds, it's definitely enough pressure to kill a human. So, so like, you'd have to, you have to figure out a, like, all you need to do, man, you need to go up there and take a trip up there for like six months, right, and find some kind of device where you could like suction the diamonds up there, but it doesn't fuck up like whatever pressure you got going on. Just suck all of it up, and to, and you come back here with like. You know, uh, five hundred thousand pounds worth of diamonds, and now like you're you're, you're God basically. <laughs> the new the new diamond mogul. Hell yeah! I would uh I would want to come up with a uh, a new source of uh, you know fuel, so we won't have to keep doing all this uh, damage to the uh, atmosphere, man. You know. That's one of my concerns, but I don't know. Like I, I, I watched the show. Uh, you ever watch Archer? Nah, man, we'll, the, we'll never see the impact in our lifetime of the damage that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, I love Archer. Yeah, so um, it was an episode where uh, Lana's father had came up with an algae-based fuel source. Uh, and it constantly replicated, and I think the buy the the burnoff product was like water, and you know what I'm saying he was going to release that to the world for free, and the government came in and stopped them because they're like if if we had cut off uh you know going to like Saudi Arabia and Israel for like oil then it would be a world war, and you know what I'm saying they they was like depositing I guess he said once they took the formula they was going to deposit like. $2 billion a month into his bank account. So he ain't got to worry about, you know, releasing this. And I was like, that's crazy. But if that was to actually happen, that's probably exactly what they would do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause if you figure out how to do it and you're not giving up the secrets, they'll just, they'll hire you. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you heard what Apple did that one time, that 19 year old kid, he, he bought a, the whatever newest iPhone was and he cracked it in like eight minutes. Like he jailbroken in like eight minutes, and he, he they hired him. Damn, damn, that's somebody I need on my team. Like no bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they they uh, Apple gave him a job with with a substantial like substantial amount of income. Man, that's the move right there. That the right right investment opportunities. You know, you could you could you create yourself a nice future, but it takes education. It takes hard work. It takes dedication to make those things happen. Nothing comes overnight and no one's going to give you anything. You got to go out there, do the research, put the, the effort in and it'll show in your work. You know what I'm saying? I think I, I heard something Kevin Samuel said or it might have been something. Uh, I was listening to while I was watching one of his videos and he was saying that uh, I never dreamed about um, being famous or being big. I put in the work to make it happen, you know, because you could dream about something all day. But what are you doing towards making that, you know, making that actually come to life? Yeah, you brought you brought that back full circle. You, you see, that was, that was beautiful what you just did. Yeah, man, you brought that back full circle because that, that's 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 exactly what we were speaking on earlier. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean that's what it is. That's that's what life is, and 
you know, that's part of the roadmaps to making that happen. You know, it's not just one little, uh, uh, you know, incident of good luck. It's not one person. It's not one moment. It's all these things put together, you know, a collaboration of everything that you experience, hard work, effort, you know, it's going to be some scrapes. It's going to be some bruises and all that's going to make you the best version of yourself and give you the best quality and then put you in that, uh, you know, area to where, you know, now you where you at now, this is your dream come true. So, you know, stop complaining, stop, you know, uh, freaking, um, sitting there talking to your homeboys or your girl or, you know, your kids about, you know, I could be doing this if I stop, stop saying what you could have and do it. Try for sure. You know, and stop, stop using social media as a crutch or an open diary because don't nobody care about when you, when you logging off or don't nobody care. No one really honestly cares about (laughs) problems. You know what I'm saying? Except for the people that that care about you. You know what I'm saying? Do you find it funny that people that people make posts that they're gonna stop posting? Yeah, and you know I comment on one person's thing because I said it's stupid because you know people have their own lives, you know. But I said I said if you was gonna log off, why not just log off? And she said um, because my family keeps up with me via you know social media, so this is to let them know, not everybody else. I'm like. All right, cool. But the the rest of the people, you know, they don't care, and they gonna they gonna let you know that they don't care because that's that's what society does. They tell you their opinions, and that's what it's for. It's not the oh man, I had a bad day. What do y'all think? Or uh, wish I was with him. Or you know, I'm getting tired of people doing this. You know, that's that's not what it's that's not what it's for because people are ruthless. You know, I seen a dude. Uh, made a comment about uh, one of his family members passing away and they start roasting his outfit. Like, you know what I'm saying? People are savages. You know what I'm saying? So stop stop putting all your hopes and dreams <laughs> into social media. You know what I'm saying? Use it for what it is and, and log off. And log off. <laughs> right, I, just, I just never understood people that, that make a post that they're going to stop posting. I just, <laughs> like, like you said, man, just, if, if you're going to log off, log, like, just, just don't, don't put up anything up there. Like attention seekers, man. That's all. They want people to come to them and be like, Oh, are you okay? No bitch. Shut up and go away. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, you can't respond to any of the comments you get from that post because then you're contributing to yourself becoming a hypocrite. Like, don't go back exactly. and forth with somebody or make another post about or go live about it after you said you was logging off. Like, you just want that attention. <laughs> and I'm not going to feed your ego or your pity party that you have. Bro, I've I seen this happen. i seen that happen one time. And they, uh, and like the, the somebody posted, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be taking a break from social media. But right before they did it, I mean, like, like they made that post, got roasted in the comments, and then went live to talk about the people that was talking shit to him in the comments. Like, it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. But 
Oh, what's up, little man? <laughs> you got something to say to the people? You want you want to talk to the people? <laughs> you say hi. He don't care about nothing but this chilling. You gonna say hi? You gonna say hi? Say hello. <laughs> no, not today. <laughs> nah, he trying, he this trying is, to figure out what you're doing. This is my ex- Thank you. This is my executive producer. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> One of the inspirations behind uh, Dear Dominic right there. <laughs> this, this is Dominic. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Man, I know it's uh it's family day. I appreciate you coming by, man. Uh we definitely gonna have to do this again, man. Uh yeah, man. I was gonna say, um, won't you uh let the people know where they can find you at, all your social media handles and um where they can also pick up a copy of Dear Dominic. All right, so uh Instagram, Dewan O'Neill, the number one where every Thursday night grown man logic goes down um, on Twitter, Dewan O'Neill two, two N that's two, two N Facebook, Dewan O'Neill. Um, and the book dear Dominic is available on amazon.com available. Now go get you a copy. Dominic has to go to college. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up, man. I got my copies and I suggest everyone go grab theirs. It's not just uh, something you sit on the coffee table to make it look nice, man. It, it got some jewels and some gems that I guarantee that will help you, uh, you know, get a different uh, perspective on life and what you think it is. And, you know, it looks like it looks like, uh, you know, things are going to uh, keep going your way. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what you got coming up next, man. And, and grown man logic is something I'm definitely gonna be tuning into, man. So, you know, uh, keep up the good work. That's all I can say about that. Thank you so much for having me on here, man. And an opportunity to speak to your people. I think this is a great conversation, and we have to do it again at some point soon. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, we'll set that up. But uh, until then, I have been your host, the Land of the Legend, aka Big T. And this has been another dope installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. That's I Can't with a K, Make This Up podcast. You can find this show everywhere. Podcasts are available. I'm also on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and support my guests. You know, every every little thing counts. Every like, every comment, every purchase. You know what I'm saying? So... Please do that and don't forget to tune in for the next episode. But until then, peace. Peace. Amen.